Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Welcome to the Inside China Basin San Francisco Giants baseball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, featuring our regular guest, two-time World Series champion, former Giants reliever, George Contos. Gabe Kapler is not Bruce Bochy, so he's going to run things his way. And I'm sure with Farhan, they've had their discussions on what the best course of action is for the ball club. Inside China Basin is brought to you by Keynes Tire in San Rafael, the lowest prices in Marin County for over 60 years. Well, joining us this week is the former CanBR 680 talk show host and a familiar voice to Giants fans and even here on thesportsvirus.com. It's Ray Woodson. Ray, how are you? It's great to have you back. Uh, I know you did a lot of post-game shows over the years, and you would have to talk fans off the ledge sometimes when things weren't going well. What about now? 104 wins, <laughs> a franchise record. I, I would think that talk shows would be a lot easier at this point if you were doing them. Oh, yeah. Hella easy, as the kids would say. Well, I don't <laughs> know if the kids are saying that anymore. But anyway, yeah, it's got to be an absolute delight right now to to cover this team and you know this this season is like found money isn't it joe i don't know first of all nobody expected this i thought maybe 83 to 85 wins and i was among the more optimistic and you know they've showed everybody exactly uh what what prognostications are worth yeah you take that and you know five dollars and get a matcha green tea latte at Starbucks. <laughs> but uh, you know uh it, it, i don't know if uh, anybody thought this team was going to be a contender until 2022, I thought maybe they had a chance because it looked like they had better depth this year to be on the the cusp of the wild card. And as it turns out, they wouldn't have even been that with 83 to 85 wins. So this is just uh, the whole season has just been a gift. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think you look at a combination of factors you look at uh, how the veterans, Posey, Belt, Crawford, have emerged or reemerged this year to help lead this team. And then all the, the little pieces that have been put into place. And, you know, I was, I was there the day Farhan's ID was uh, introduced, and we talked about how he looked at incremental improvements to the roster spots, looked for players that uh, other franchises might have overlooked. And you see that over and over again with this team. Players like Yastrzemski and Lamont Wade and, and Darren Ruff coming back to the major leagues and making a big contribution. And, and you, you put it all together, and this coaching staff, and it's a large coaching staff, we've made, mentioned that before, how they've been able to, to counsel all these hitters in particular, the bullpen depth they have. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a great time to be a fan. And having said all that, there's still just two games up on the Dodgers. That is amazing. You know, you think about it. You win 104 games, and you only have a two-game lead as we sit here on a Thursday doing this podcast with four games to play and a magic number of three. I mean, it's a great race. It's been scintillating, really, to watch this the whole way through. And you think about the fact that the Giants are just the second team to win 104-plus games after being below 500 the year before, the 1946 Red Sox also did that. Yeah, and so, the, you know, nobody, like you said, nobody predicted this for the Giants, and a lot of it does have to do with depth. I mean, you mentioned that. I think that that's the key is that when they've had injuries or they've uh, wanted to play different players, they can do it because they have a lot of players they can plug in. Yeah, that, that was the point I made early on the season. 
And uh, no lie, I, you can check my Twitter feed if anybody's interested <laughs> to go back several months. But uh, that's what I said that was going to be the key word for this year because you're depending uh, maybe on guys like Crawford, Belt, and Posey who are getting into their mid-30s. And that's usually not a good formula unless you have players to plug in because guys are going to need rest and you know maybe injuries are going to happen. Now, in the case of Belk getting hurt, that wasn't necessarily due to age or anything like that. It was just a, one of those freak things when you're squaring around a button. He was trying to button for a base hit. Actually, not squaring around a button, but trying to get a hit. Uh, and, you know, that means you're holding your bat in a different way. And maybe if he had just been sacrificed bunting, that might not have happened. But, you know, what it could have, should have. The main thing is they've had the depth. And, you know, they have guys who can play first base, not as well as Belt, but, you know, it's not as big of a drop-off, and that's what you want to see. No drop-off or a little drop-off. And, uh, you know, through all the injuries, and they've had a slew of injuries this year, they've maintained the pace, and that was the key. Organizational depth. And, you know, again, goes back to, uh, I think, Farhan's ID's philosophy coming here is up and down the organization, improve it, and within two or three years now, you know, you can backfill, you can call up guys like, for example, Tyro Estrada, and they can do a good job. That wasn't happening with the minor leaguers several years ago. It's happening more often now. That's been an important part of this as well, uh, just the organizational depth. And so, um, you know, the, the Dodgers have had a lot of injuries, too. Then they go out and they get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Right. Well, okay. But, but the Giants now got into a position where they had enough depth in their minor league system to go get Chris Bryant. And, you know, maybe, maybe what we'll see in the offseason, they have an attractive enough culture and franchise here that he's going to want to stay. He certainly seems to have enjoyed it so far. And he had a, the, the, the only RBI last night with a sacrifice fly. Uh, you know, he's been an important cog as well uh, for this team. But, you know, is, I think last night was important, Joe, in that they have been home run dependent. But these are the kind of games you're going to have to win in the postseason because you can go on a homer drought for two or three games in the playoffs, and if you depend on home runs, that can kill you. You're going to face premium pitching. So you've got to figure out ways to manufacture runs. So that was kind of a nice throwback last night. That was. And, you know, with Belt out of the lineup, the Giants have actually had a pretty good record. So you could say that they won't (laughs) miss him that much. Like you said, you know, you fill in these other – pieces you've got wade you've got flores you've got rough that can play over at first base even other players that could do it but even with the good record without him with that notwithstanding consider the fact that i mean he had a career high 29 homers he was red hot he had 18 homers mm-hmm. the last 42 games and i'm wondering too if you miss him ray maybe more for his defense than for his power because i mean he's just so smooth over there the other guys are okay you know every once in a while flores We'll make a, a silly mistake like last night. He had one go right through his legs. Um, and, you yeah. know, and Ruff is just kind of serviceable over there. But with Belt, I mean, you just know you're going to get that solid defense. I wonder if they'll miss that maybe even more than his power. Oh, for sure. And then you had a, a pickoff throw that Lamont Wade had go off his uh, club the other night. So yeah, uh, it, that's the kind of stuff you don't notice until you notice it. And, and then it it's, can be really harmful because the stuff you, you took for granted before with Belt – and, you know, I, I made a reference on Twitter uh, when we had FanFest a few years ago and we had Joe Panic, uh, Brandon Belt, and Brandon Crawford on the stage for an hour. I think it was uh-huh. myself and Rob Brooks. And I kind of jokingly asked Crawford, so how many uh, throws has Belt uh, scooped out of the dirt from you? <laughs> you know, 
he, he said he didn't know the number, but uh, it kind of made a reference. Well, I, you know, I, I owe him some of the credit for a gold glove, and they sort of sort of shared a half hug. It was it was a tender moment, but uh, you know that that that's that's a big part of an infielder's confidence as well. That they know that guy over there is going to dig out that thrill more often than not. In fact, much more often than not. So yeah, that's that's something I think you miss. And this is an underrated part of Belt's game is he's one of the best throwers among first basemen. He's a very accurate thrower on the on the double plays. Yeah, and and apart from the vibe that he's brought to the team, sort of the zany vibe with the whole captain's bit this year. <laughs> and one of my favorite lines of the year that Belt said, you know, when when uh, I think they were in Colorado and. Uh, he was asked if he's if he's a very confident player right now, and he said, "Well, I just named myself captain. I don't see how you could get more confident than that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just you know it's all tongue in cheek. You know, he's, he's kind of like obnoxiously cute, or I don't know what words you throw together from the refrigerator magnets to describe it. But it, it's it certainly was. Uh, something that was infectious in the team, and now they're out wearing the captain's hats, and you're going to start seeing that in the hands. And that's, you know, every team that's successful comes up with some sort of bit like that that they latch onto. And, and this is the one, you know, in the past, it might have been the panda hats or don't stop believing, or, or you know, back in 2010, whatever it is. And the, and the fans can kind of relate to it and get in on, on the fun as well. So he brought that vibe. But, uh, you know, apart from that, just in a practical sense, uh, since he came back from the um, injured list the previous time, he was one of the top three or four sluggers in the game. Uh, you know, he was, he was on an incredible hot streak. Uh, he was on the best hot streak I've seen in his career, and I think he would agree with that. And he was supremely confident when he was up at the plate. And, and at the same time, and we've talked about this in the past, you don't, you don't knock him for trying to bunt for a base hit because of the shift, and he's pretty good at it. He did it in a World Series game, for crying out loud, a few years ago. Yeah. So it's just unfortunate that happened. And he might be back for the World Series. We don't know about that. We're just talking about the time frame for the bone to heal. But, you know, you'd sure like to have this guy back in some capacity if they happen to make it to the World Series. In the meantime, they're just going to have to do without him. And can they? Yes. It's going to be a little bit harder. But, again, that depth is going to come to the floor again. We'll have more with Ray Woodson right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Kane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Kane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give him a call at 415-453-2942. That's 415-453-2942 for Kane's Tire. Well, the Giants might be without belt, but they may have added a new closer because Camilo Doval uh, and what he's done the last two games, you see him out there throwing over 100 miles an hour with a nasty slider and having command of it, which I don't know if he always had that before. I mean, he's been impressive this year, but now he just looks like the closer, even though Jake McGee is on the mend Uh and it looks like he'll be back. But Doval looks like, you know, K-Rod. That's the comparison right now, and he actually likes that 
comparison. He said, yeah, I like that comparison. I mean, yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Yeah, from 2002 when K-Rod was so great and the Angels beat the Giants in the World Series. So what do you think? I mean, can Doval take over this job? Yeah, he has. <laughs> he has the last two nights. And uh, I suppose they're, they're going to be options when they bring McGee back to, to use him as well. But the way this guy is going right now, you, you know, you ride the hot hand. And I think K-Rod is a good comparison, not only in terms of stuff, but, again, the emergence late in the season for a postseason run. So, uh, yeah, you've lost some players to injuries and things like that, but now you've found some things. And uh, Kervin Castro as well. They, I, I think uh, Gabe Kapler has a lot of confidence in these young arms. And uh, we mentioned it uh, a week ago that uh, this is – Part of the story of this uh, late season is the emergence of these young pitchers. And, I, I, again, you can check the receipts. I tweeted it out a week ago. Coach Duvall looks like a closer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when McGee went down, there was a lot of gnashing of teeth and biting of fingernails. How, how are they going to figure this out? You've got a lot of seventh and eighth inning guys, including, you know, Tyler Rogers, Dominic Leone, that you want to be closers now. Well, for the most part, and, Tyler Rogers has given us a few nervous moments. Other than that, the, the bullpen has just been shining. And, and yeah, Duvall, I mean, that's, that's what you think about when you think about a closer. Actually, even better than that. We, we, we have the image closers having high 90s stuff with, with a good breaking ball. Right. This guy is throwing 100, 101, 102, and dotting it without <laughs> effort on top of the nasty slider. And the thing about it is, Joe, he doesn't have the scar tissue. He doesn't have the scar tissue of, a, of an experienced reliever who's had some failures. It's going to happen. It happens to all closers. But right now, he's, he's just riding the wave, and, and he's enjoying it, and he seems supremely confident. You get in the postseason, uh, sure, something could go awry, and then you'll see how he handles that. But they've thrown a lot at him in the last week or so with McGee getting hurt. Um, he had a situation a few nights ago where it was basically a fourth inning save situation, and he came through, and I think Kapler looked at that as a stepping stone and said, okay, he handled that. We're going to try him in the eighth inning. Now we're going to try him in the ninth inning. He's handled everything. Yeah, I mean, he's been terrific, and he looks so calm out there. And Now, as far as the starters go, I mean, you've got Logan Webb, who really was one of the more dominating pitchers in the major leagues the second half. He hasn't been quite as good in recent times, uh, but Gosman looks like he's on the rebound. Di Scalfani's had a great year, and Alex Wood was terrific on Wednesday. I mean, he really looked good, and, and in his return from the COVID list, 13 innings, two runs, no walks, 17 strikeouts. I mean, they look like they're really going to be pretty well set for the postseason with these starters right now. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to worry about Johnny Cueto uh, so much. Right. Um, very encouraging for Gausman the last start, but Logan Webb is my game one starter. Um, you know, even at his young age and not as much experience, I, uh, the way he's been going for the most part, uh, the only thing you worry about with the younger pitchers, whether they're going to wear down at, at the end of the year, especially coming off a of COVID year. Uh, this is the, the big question mark for a lot of these, these pitchers, but uh, so, so it would be expected, I think for, for any starting pitcher, regardless of age, to, to have a rough spot in the second half of the year. And I think we've seen a little bit of that. But I, I, I think Gausman is going to make it a difficult decision for Gabe Kapler. Some of, some of it will have to do with how the, the rest of this season, the rest of this week plays out. 
But I'm, I'm totally comfortable with Webb being a, a Game 1 starter if they get to a postseason series. Yeah, I love the way he's been throwing the ball this year. Um, you know, as far as Wood is concerned, it really could have been costly for him to be out. I mean, that's the thing about this Giants team. They're so deep. Uh, nothing seems to bother them, but it could have been really costly. And, you know, the reason why is that he got COVID. He didn't have a vaccination, uh, you know, from all from all indications because he's just not yeah. willing to tell us. Uh, right. And so, you know, just you wonder about that, about how that affects everybody on the team. I mean, uh, George Contos came on and said, well, you know, everybody has their gets their own, uh, you know, opinion on it or, you know, get, has to uh, really decide for themselves what they're going to put in their body. But I don't know. I mean, to me, when you're on a team, you should try to uh, be as safe as you can. What do you think? I think you have an obligation to your teammates. Uh, you have an obligation to the people who work in the clubhouse. Uh, obligation to the organization. I'm, I'm very hard line on this. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, this, this is uh, a pandemic. This is a pandemic that can be fatal. Uh, you're talking about protecting yourself and protecting the people around you. Uh, the NBA is taking a harder line on this as well. We, we know the controversy surrounding Andrew Wiggins. Uh, you know, Alex Wood doesn't want to say, and you, you could say, well, I, that, that means he didn't get vaccinated, or it might mean that, you know, he, he did, and he, he's got some people around him who are anti-vax who, who don't want him to go down that road, so he doesn't want him to know. I don't know what the reason is. He doesn't have to tell anybody. Um, it, it's not a HIPAA violation, by the way. That's just bunk. But if somebody asks him, but he doesn't have to say. Uh, he, he can decide to handle that part any way he wants to. But I would hope that he would, at some point, if he hasn't already, get vaccinated. Uh, you know, the, the science is there. They, they, they vaccinated half the world, for crying out loud. It's not a question of uh, any kind of lack of knowledge at this point. That's just a cop-out. Uh, I, I think you, you've got to make the steps that that make everybody in that clubhouse safer. And from the sound of it, you know, around around the game, the percentage of those getting vaccinated is very, very high. So that's good. But I think, you know, a business has a right to tell its employees, you have to get vaccinated, and you're seeing a lot of businesses do that. Or if you're not going to get vaccinated, get the test. Some aren't even giving that option. Well, that's the way it works in the, in the business world. Obviously, when you talk about baseball players and people under contract, it's a different dynamic. But I think the bottom line is you're, uh, you, you should be acting to not only protect yourself and your teammates and the people who work around you, but also your family as well. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Uh, so the headline on Thursday night is that Madison Bumgarner is pitching against the Giants. Uh, the Giants cannot clinch the NL West on Thursday night, but they can go a long way towards doing that and going up against Bumgarner, who's going to be pitching in front of Giants fans for the first time. Remember, they were here, the Diamondbacks were here in San Francisco back in August, mm-hmm. and he got a standing ovation, but he wasn't pitching then, and he pitched against the Giants during the COVID games uh, last season, but no fans. So now you've got not only fans, but for the first time, Crawford and Posey in the lineup against Bumgarner. Yeah. I mean, this is must-see TV. This is going to be outstanding. Yeah, th- th- this is uh, a highlight game of the season, and it just shows you how eras can change in baseball rather quickly. I think, you know, in baseball, a generation is like three to five years. Uh, Giants fans were lucky to have these guys around and still have a few of them around for longer than that. 
And in case of Matt Bum, you know, there are various reasons you wanted to come down to Arizona. And it's not worked out too well this year, obviously. He got off to a rough start. Uh, he pitched a little better in the second half. But I, I don't know. I've, I've heard the statements of people like Posey. Um, he say, yeah, it's going to be weird, but you get in the box, you're going to compete, and he would expect Bumgarner to do the same. But I don't know how you focus. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a professional ball player, so maybe I wouldn't know. You get to that level, of course, when you, you, you get on the field, you're trying to win for your team. But there have to be so many emotions uh, around this. It's going to be weird for Posey. It's going to be weird for Bumgarner. It's going to be weird for Crawford. Um, you know, and he's going to get a Bumgarner is going to get a warm welcome. And I imagine some Giants fans are thinking, okay, let him have a good outing. You know, let him go five or six innings, and then have the Giants, you know, load up on the bullpen and, and win this game in the late innings. That's probably the best, uh, you know, outcome for all involved because the, you know, Mad Bum is still very much connected to this franchise. And, you know, there's a little part of me, and, you know, maybe that's just wishful thinking, that he finds a way back here someday. Uh, oh, wow, you know, yeah. It, 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 it just still seems like he's a giant. And, you know, he always, it always felt like he had more value pitching in that ballpark with the Giants than he did for any other team. And that's been played out this year. Although he actually has a better ERA on the road than he does uh, at home, I think, than he does on the road which is a little ironic, but I, I, there's a comfort, comfort level with him pitching in that ballpark, and I'd imagine he'll pitch well tonight. I, yeah, I, but, have, a, uh, I have a feeling he is going to pitch well. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there, there, there's a whole lot of emotions going on with this. It's going to be a, a pretty special night. Um, I worry that he's going to hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> he could. So, yeah, I mean, that, that would be, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the karma moment, I suppose. Uh, but it's going to be good stuff. Uh, he, he's not the pitcher he was. That's that's clear. That's obvious. He's been working through a lot of different stuff this year. He had, he had that one seven-inning no-hitter, yeah. and he's had a couple of outstanding outings uh, in the second half, but he's, he's not consistently that guy you, could, you can bank on anymore. And I have to admit, uh, this I will admit, when, when the Giants said goodbye to him and he went to Arizona, I was – a little bit angry, and I thought, "Wow, eighty-five million—that's not that much for a starting pitcher over five years these days." But I think Farhan knew what he was doing in this regard. I mean, and the money they spent on Gausman, Disclafani, and so forth has been much better spent than than Bumgarner. I think Bumgarner would have better numbers had he pitched for San Francisco this year than he had in Arizona, but he's not the same guy. But if you can have him come back on the cheap, I don't think anybody would be against that. Yeah, there's that parallel, Ray. Uh, you and Bumgarner both left San Francisco for Arizona, so I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> um, you know, with Bumgarner, not the same amount of money, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not the same amount of money. Uh, you know, when I think about this dynamic of returning to the place where you were, you know, legendary or you know, very well liked player, uh, I love it. I just think it's really cool. And you think about Chris Bryant, who did that recently, going back to yeah. Wrigley Field, and you know, think about in the past. I remember when Johnny Damon came back to Boston in a Yankees uniform, and you wondered what would be the reaction. Well, he got a standing ovation. He had to back out of the batter's box, take his helmet off. I mean, that kind of stuff is really cool. I also remember though Jeff Kent getting booed really loudly because he was in a Dodgers uniform. You know, and so it, it's funny how that works. But we know Bumgarner is going to be loved on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I would 
think there will be a standing ovation uh, because, again, like you mentioned, it was it was cardboard cutouts last year. So, um, yeah, this is. But you know, there, there's a there's a pennant race to win here. So I, I think fans are going to be very much mixed in, in in how they approach this. But as far as the when he walks out there, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they had a loudspeaker play "Fire on the Mountain." <laughs> oh yeah, his song, right? <laughs> yeah, you know they probably um, will. Just a, <laughs> a little tribute for sure. So um, yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, I was there uh, for Game Five in the 2014 World Series. Uh, I know a lot of fans were, and he pitched a shutout against the Royals. And uh, you know, we thought, man, this guy is just putting this franchise on his back. And now they only need one win. Little did we know that he had another another episode for us that was even greater uh, a couple of nights later in, in Kansas City. Um, it will go down as one of the great sports memories I've ever had, one of the most legendary performances in the postseason baseball history, uh, record-setting at the time, and uh, I think some of those records still stand. Um, you know, it, this, is, this is stuff that, as a fan, you will remember all your life, and I think you know, the Bumgarner's going to carry those memories with him, too, when he comes back into the stadium. So it's got to be a, a mix of emotion for him as well. But it'll be good stuff tonight. And Scott Casimir, how about this guy? I mean, he's 37 <laughs> years old now. I mean, remember back when he was a Mets first-round draft pick? And, uh, you know, he's been all over the place, including with the Oakland A's. He won a silver medal at the Olympics mm-hmm. this year. And all of a sudden, he has resurfaced, and he's pitched pretty well for the Giants. He might be on the postseason roster. I mean, I think it, w- it looks like he will be, especially if he does well tonight. Uh, what a story he's been. He really has. Well, he's out of the game for a few years and, and comes back and pitches in the Olympics. And then, yeah, he's had a couple of pretty good outings for the Giants, and that's that's been found money for them. Um you know, they had to get him to Sacramento to work first. And, you know, he's one of those guys that uh, you hope will give you four innings. And if he gives you any more than that, great. Uh, and, and I think that would suffice uh, for this game. But, yeah, good. what a contrast <laughs> as far as your starting pitchers for tonight. Uh, you know, I, he's a veteran, so uh, I think there's a level of comfort with him handling this big start in the pennant race. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all if it's like one to one in the fifth inning. <laughs> exactly. All right. So the last thing, Ray. A lot of people are complaining about the fact that you have this format where you've got the Giants and Dodgers. I love the pennant race, but then you've got a team that's winning over a hundred games that's in a wild card game, one game and done. Uh, and you know, p- facing a team in the Cardinals that just finished up with a seventeen game winning streak. So it seems unfair to the team that loses mm-hmm. out in this division race. Do you have a solution for this? Yeah. Well, I, I, I was uh, joking with some friends that uh, if the Dodgers end up winning a hundred and something games and only get a wild card and lose to the Cardinals, <laughs> then there will be more rule changes. You know, <laughs> they'll they'll do it for the Dodgers. <laughs> you know? If it happens to the Giants, I'm not so sure. Although I will say, in 1993, when the Giants won 103 games and they were bounced, uh, I think that was certainly one motivation for creating the wild card. Um, so I, I, baseball makes changes, and under Rob Manfred, they certainly proposed a lot of changes, some of them pretty dumb. But uh, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if, as a result of this year, that we see some adjustments. And maybe you have to extend the postseason a little more 
because, hell, there's more money to be made in the postseason. And, you know, you, you had a modified postseason last year. You, you could modify it again. Maybe you extend the wild card series so it isn't just one game. Yes, you, I agree with you, that, you, yeah. You make you make it best of three. Uh, you know, what does that hurt? So uh, it wouldn't surprise me there uh, as a result of this season that uh, you see that adjustment down the road. All right, Ray, this has been a wild ride. I mean, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, this season is coming to a – Regular season conclusion, how far can the Giants go? Can they win the whole thing? You think so? Yes. Yes, absolutely they can. Um, you know, especially if they have a healthy branded belt, should they make the, the World Series? Uh, you know, as, as you've had a few hundred win teams here this year, for sure. Uh, the Dodgers won it last year, and they're still loaded. Uh, the Astros are a team to watch out for, I think. And then you look at the American League East. And, and with it, there's a bunch of teams that have, a, I think, a roughly equal chance. And, of course, you, you get into a small sample size in the postseason, the team that gets, gets hot. It's like in the NHL, you have a hot goalie. Well, let's say you have hot starting pitching going into the postseason. If you have a couple of hot hitters, it can carry you a long, long way. We've seen this movie before, Joe, haven't we? <laughs> so, right. So, yeah, except for it's different decades, so they're winning in odd years now. Uh, you know, whatever that means. That was a funny one. That that even year stuff worked until 2016, and we saw how that ended. But to, to be in the postseason for the first time in five years is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. And yes, they've got a, they've got a very legitimate shot. And uh, you know, they they've legalized betting in Arizona, so maybe I'll have to make a phone call here after after we're off the air. <laughs> yeah, and I think, uh, you know, th- this is going to be great uh, to follow it because this team really has captured the imagination of a lot of people because of the fact that they weren't picked. And, uh, you know, they've got some players that, even even though you've got the, the Crawfords and the Belts and the Posies, you've, you've got some players that people didn't think would uh, do so well. They, nobody saw Lamont Wade or Stephen Duggar no. contributing to this team or Doval. Well, uh, Duggar, I think, is an example of, you know, the coaching staff working with him and becoming more of a power hitter. I think you'd say that for Austin Slater as well, although his batting average hasn't been that high this year. He's hit for some power. Uh, they, you know, they have Brandon Crawford having a career year uh, after having one of his worst years a couple of years ago. Uh, you got Evan Longoria. I, I forgot to mention him. Another veteran player has come back. And I remember talking to him in the locker room in the, the clubhouse that is in Scottsdale a couple of years ago. I said, you know, you look around this, this room, there are people who've done some things in this game, and you're still in your prime. And he was 100% on board with that. It's just that the problem is when you get in your 30s, you get hurt. And uh, sometimes it's freak injury, sometimes it's wear and tear. And, you know, he's had ups and downs as far as his health this year. But when he's been in there, he's been very productive. Um, you know, Donnie Barrels, Donovan Solano, look at, look at how his career has taken off in the last couple of years. And then you, you have the found money of Mike Yastrzemski, the found money of Lamont Wade, Kirk Casale. Uh, look at the Giants' record when he's been in there catching yeah. uh, as a backup. He's been the perfect backup for them. Depth, depth, depth. And then, you know, we talked about the starting pitching, and that bullpen has been as good as any uh, down the stretch. So you put that all together, and you put together the championship DNA with guys like Posey, Crawford, and Belt. Uh, you know, I mean, the Cardinals are red hot. They're playing fantastic baseball, but nobody is going to be nervous about the Giants in the postseason. Nobody should be among the fan base. Uh, I think if you're an opponent, you ought to be nervous facing them. Yeah, absolutely. What a great year. 
All right, Ray, enjoy the postseason. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Thank you so much for doing this today. Enjoy it, Joe. Thank you. That's former KMBR talk show host Ray Woodson. Join us again next week for another edition of Inside China Basin. We'll be talking again with former Giants relief pitcher George Contos as the Giants will be in the postseason by that point. For now, I'm Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.